Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled God's Master Plan, Part 4. I think we'll finish Chapter 23 and perhaps even get the ability to grab a good bite of Chapter 24. Tonight's class is entitled, Where Were You All Last Week? <laughs> I forgot. The the there is only one date I am familiar with in the... Gregorian calendar, did I pronounce it correctly? And then, no. It all depends on what calendar The non-Jewish calendar and the... Okay, the, the Gregorian, Gregorian replaced the Julian calendar in Fantastic. There is only one day that I am familiar that Halacha quotes the, the... Instead of quoting the Jewish day, the Gregorian day is what was mentioned. What the date that this happened? And what day is that? December 4th. The answer is December 5th. Oh, 5th. Okay, because it could have been the Julian calendar. The only day that we mention in Halacha is tonight. Why? Dr. Yosef, why? Uh, because the prayers change. Because until now, we've been mentioning in the Amidah, in the second blessing, we've been requesting rain. But tonight... In this, tonight, if you look in the Siddur, in the section of the blessing of Baruch Aleinu, it reads, During the winter, from Mariv of the evening before the 5th of December. That's tonight. The evening before the 5th of December. In the year preceding a civil leap year, the 6th of December, through Mincha, etc. We start tonight, we start saying that Hashem should bless us with dew and rain for blessing. So fascinating, tonight is the one night um, that we mention the Gregorian calendar itself. And that's because, why? This is the one item that goes after the sun. Generally, the rest of the calendar goes after the moon. We know that the Judaism goes after the moon, but the seasons, which uh, winter has to do with the seasons, the seasons go after the sun. And that will explain that Something difference. I years ago that Pope Gregory removes several days from the calendar, and that's why... Uh, During the lifetime of George Washington, the calendar was changed from Julian to Gregorian. So this had to be written after that occurrence in the beginning of the uh, 19th century, and I believe that it was written by Rosenzweig <coughs> anyway. Not this one, the other one. Uh, one, if I, with all due respect, Rebbe, uh, the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar, is a lunar solemnar calendar. So it's a combined calendar. I'd like to make a quote from chapter three. Section 17 of Ethics of Our Fathers. Read as follows. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah said, If there is no Torah, Yemein Torah in Derecheretz, there is no proper social conduct. That means it's impossible to be socially adept without Torah. If there is no proper social conduct, there is no Torah. Someone who is not acting appropriately cannot truly have the Torah. If there is no wisdom, there is no, there is no fear of God. And if there is no fear of God, there is no wisdom. In Hebrew, If there is no wisdom, there is no fear of God. And if there is no fear of God, there is no wisdom. Now that's a little problematic. 
we have to have somewhere to start. What comes first, the wisdom or the fear of God? But it says here, if there's no wisdom, there's no fear of God. So it sounds like the wisdom comes first. But then it continues, but if there's no fear of God, there's no wisdom. Question clear, Elisheva? Mm -hmm. There, We always have to have a starting point. Today, yesterday, yesterday I was talking to someone and he was sharing with me that from his understanding and the, what he's reading, depression comes from lack of hope. People have lack of hope. Well, when you look at this Mishnah, it's a lack of hope. How are we ever going to have fear? How, how will we ever have wisdom? We, one has to come before the other, and we're saying they only could come together. So how do, you, how do you put it together? What's the answer? There's different types of fear, and there's different types of wisdom. And we've discussed this many times. The answer to everything is, it's all relative. There's different types of fear. You could fear someone because you're scared he's going to kill you. You could fear someone because he's so awesome and mighty. So the Mishnah starts off saying, if there's, the Mishnah says if there's no fear of God, there's no wisdom. If you don't have the minute fear of God, the smallest fear of God, if you're, even the limited fear of God, that reward and punishment, then there's going to be an issue with Torah learning. In advanced understanding, is if there is no wisdom then you can't fear God there is a fear of God that comes from the wisdom there is a fear of God that allows us to have wisdom when we have this simple it's called the lower level of fear I'm, I'm worried that God there's reward and punishment I'm worried if I don't go ahead and do what Hashem says there's reward and punishment without that fear it's going to be hard to have wisdom. But then there's a much greater fear of God. That is, I'm scared of the greatness of God. How could I ever do something against God? Hashem is me. I am Hashem. We're one. And Hashem is everything. I don't want to disconnect myself from Hashem. That fear of God comes from wisdom. If there is no wisdom, you will not be able to come to this greater fear of God. And this understanding we have in this mission is only because we understand Chapter 23. This is what we've been learning in chapter 23. What have we been learning? That the greatest unity possible in this world is the unity through Torah, Torah learning. Hashem has put Himself inside of the Torah. Anochi, the first letter of the Ten Commandments is an acronym for Ananafshis Kesavis Yehavis. I have put my soul inside of the Torah. Hashem says, if you want me, I'm in the Torah. And when we study Torah, the Torah is in my mind. So when Sharon studies Torah, Sharon, just imagine, or, or you could look at Sharon as I give you this description. Imagine, look at Sharon. In her mind, she's understanding Torah, and her mind is wrapping around it. So that means you've, you've wrapped Hashem in your mind right now. That's quite amazing. It's exciting. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. When someone studies Torah, you have wrapped, Hashem is inside of you. This is a unity unparalleled. When you think of that, you think of how you're one with Hashem. How could you go ahead? That brings fear. That brings fear. Hashem, you're one with Hashem. How could you go ahead and do something against Him? Let's see this inside. We're on, we're on page 100. 
I apologize. Bottom of page 90, we're on page 98, right hand column, bottom paragraph. Page 98, right hand column, bottom paragraph. From this understanding, how when, how when someone studies Torah, they are one with Hashem, the intelligent man will be able to draw a sense of great awe as he occupies himself with the Torah. Considering how his soul and its garments in the brain and mouth, remember there are three garments, thought, speech, and action. When someone studies Torah, his thought is one with Hashem. When you speak the word of Torah, your speech is one with Hashem. So considering how his soul and its garments in the brain and mouth are truly merged in perfect unity with the supernal will and light of the Ain Sof, blessed is he. At the time, at, we're page 98. On the, now the page numbers, I'm referring to the bottom right-hand corner. Page 98. At the time that you're studying Torah, you have, you have united with Hashem by a unity that is unparalleled in this universe. There is nothing, as we've discussed previously, in this universe, it is impossible for two items to truly become one. Scientifically, we have the ability to take them apart. No matter how mixed together, we could, we could show you which part derives back to each section. However, when someone studies Torah, you are one with Hashem. There is no two. It's one. Which are manifest in them, page 100, which are manifest in them. And this unity that Hashem has inside of, as we discussed, Sharon, inside of Rafi, this unity is greater than the unity in the entire universe. This is tremendous. This is absolutely tremendous. And we're going to be learning about this in this chapter and the next chapter. When we study Torah, we are accomplishing more than any of the greatest angels. We are uniting with Hashem more than any of the highest spheres. Unfortunately, in the next chapter we're going to learn on the, on the opposite. When someone sins in this world, they're committing a bigger tragedy than any other thing in the entire universe equally. It's a tit for tat almost. But when someone studies Torah, they are uniting with Hashem more than any other entity in the entire universe. Let's continue this. Compared with all with which all the worlds, supernal and nether, are truly as not and as non entity and, and nullity. This let, we're connecting with the essence of Hashem. Remember, we are nothing relative to the essence of Hashem. The entire universe is nothing. So much so that the divine light is not actually clothed in them, but merrily surrounds around all around surrounds all the world in a for, form of encirclement, as it were, in order to provide their essential source of life. Do you remember we've discussed how there is energy from Hashem that permeates and energy from Hashem that surrounds us, because. The essence of Hashem needs to give us life. But if the essence of Hashem is revealed inside of us, then there's no Sharon disappears. There's only Hashem. Moshe Mendel disappears. 
if the essence of Hashem is permeating inside of you, then when you see yourself, what do you see? You see the truth. The truth is Hashem. There is nothing else. Hashem wants us to be individuals that believe that we have our own powers. He wants us to have this free choice. But how can that happen? How can Hashem allow free choice to happen if we are one with Hashem? So He had to conceal His light. And that is why the essence of Hashem doesn't permeate us, it only surrounds us. By surrounding us, Hashem is, we're learning that it's not revealed inside of us. The essence of Hashem is not revealed inside of us. The maximum connection we can have is, a, is how Hashem is surrounding us. Because if Hashem would be permeating us, we wouldn't be individuals. We would, we would see clearly how we are all just a part of Hashem. We are just one big glob. We're all one. So Hashem only, the essence of Hashem only surrounds the higher worlds. But what's amazing we're learning now is that when we learn Torah, is Hashem permeating us or surrounding us? Permeating us. He's in Sharon. Remember the example? He's in Sharon's brain. He's permeating. So Hashem is only able to surround the higher worlds, but let's continue in order to provide their essential source of life. Only some glow which they can bear is closed in them. In order that they should not revert to not altogether. Hashem has to give them life. So they don't revert to nothing. However, when we learn Torah, Hashem is inside of us. How amazing. How special. When we learn Torah, Hashem is permeating us. In the highest worlds, Hashem can't permeate. He can only surround. In the highest? In the greatest worlds, yes. A world, the, the moment you say a world, that's not the essence of Hashem. Hashem is, the essence of Hashem is not a world. So even the greatest world is a separation from Hashem. And therefore Hashem can permeate it. Hashem could surround, could surround it. When you say the, even the greatest world, you mean... Does that mean that, like, those four realms? Yeah, we've discussed the even four... Even Atsilos. Even the, the world which is close to Hashem is only close, but it's not Hashem. Wait, where are the beings in Atsilos? Say it one more time. Are there beings in Atsilos? It's a great question. The answer is, all our souls are from... All souls begin in Atsilos. Right, but then they go down to a lower level. But in order to become physical, we have to be in the world of Asiyah. If you see something physical, then it's in the world of Asiyah. We learned that Tzadikim and uh, the Rebbe's, they were able to see, it says the Alter Rebbe, he could look at something and see the godliness in it. So he was able to see beyond the world of Asiyah. He was able to see the levels deeper. But if we look at, if we see something physical, then it's already formed in the world of Asiya, the world of formation, the world of action. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. I just I was more asking it for right now. Um, if there's 
living beings that are like on different levels than us. I mean, I guess you mentioned the angels, but, but I don't know if that's going too off track. Do you get what I'm asking? Are you, are you saying are there different beings in different worlds? Yeah. That's a good question. Let's leave it for now. Yeah. Yes, it's a great question. But there's an answer to it. There is an answer. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Chapter two. <laughs> chapter two addresses it. Stay <laughs> tuned. Now that we have this understanding about this great connection that Torah, Torah accomplishes, this is the meaning of the verse. And God commanded us to do all these statues in order to fear God. In order to fear God, Hashem commanded us. What do you mean? What do you mean? Police are here to make us keep the law. The law is not here to make us follow the police. What do you mean? What is the Torah saying? And God commanded us in order to fear God. Ah, but now it's clear. By us learning Torah, that's going to bring a deeper level of fear because when we learn... When we learn Torah, we're one with Hashem. So how can you go against yourself? The highest, greatest level of Hashem is within you. How could you go and do something against Hashem? Regarding this great fear was said, as we mentioned earlier, if there is no wisdom, there is no fear. Meaning wisdom comes first. If there is no wisdom, there is no fear. And in relation to it, the Torah is called a gateway to the dwelling. Torah brings fear, as is explained elsewhere. Okay? Beautiful. When, we, when someone has this understanding of the depth of connection we accomplish through learning Torah, it will bring us to fear God in a whole new light, a whole new way. However, continues Tanya, not every mind can sustain such fear. This is quite a deep level. Not everyone can truly appreciate and connect with this higher level of fear, the greatness of Hashem being inside of you. Yet, don't have, have no fear. Even he whose mind cannot bear such fear at all, whether in whole or in part, because of the, the, in the, low, the lowliness of his soul, in its root and source, in the lower gradations of the tensive he wrote of the world of Atsiya. Because the sourcing of your soul may be lower, and therefore you're not able to appreciate this higher level of fear, Nevertheless, the lack of such fear is no obstacle to performance, as will be explained later. Let's wrap this up. We'll take some questions and conclude chapter 23. We've discussed what's our mission right now. We're trying to understand how all the positive commandments are included within the first of the Ten Commandments, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. How is that? Now it's clear. The first command of the Ten Commandments is, I am Hashem, I am everything. You are me, I am you. Hashem is everything. Once you understand Hashem is everything, that is every mitzvah. Every mitzvah is connecting with Hashem. So the first commandment, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt, I am everything. That is every mitzvah is that topic. Connecting with Hashem. Hashem is everything. And that's what we continued now. Well, if you recognize Hashem is everything and how every mitzvah brings you one with Hashem and how Torah makes it even closer, what a great fear and awe you'll have for Hashem. Are there any questions? I apologize if I uh, was going too fast. Are there any questions? Aside for Sandra. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> aside from the question about her, yeah, I have a question leading up to that. <laughs> 
you, you could try it. Let's see. If, if it's a simple question, I'll be happy so, to answer. If God permeates um, us when we learn Torah, right, and there are these other levels, and if there are beings in these other levels, why can God only surround those levels, even the highest one, if God can permeate something that can learn? Like if there's... I, no, no, that's a very like, good question. I kind of know where I'm going, but I don't know what I'm quite asking. <laughs> I think you're asking that if Hashem is able to come inside of us, He could be, He could go inside of everything. Yes. Does anyone remember the answer? He does. It's probably in chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> you got me back. You got me back. We learned the last week. Is it because they're not learning Torah? I don't know. Page, it's the previous page. Can anyone share with, remind me the answer? Is it because they're not so, they don't contain souls? <laughs> or, or the beings we can't. Don't contain souls? Ah, who, you, ah. Sandra, you got it right. So you have no, you have no questions, I see. <laughs> it's a bracket. It's on page 98, left, right-hand column. Page 98, right-hand column. The end of the first paragraph has a four-line bracket. It reads, This is what enables him to endure it, because he does not perceive it. It is otherwise, however, in the case of the upper spheres. In other words, in other words the reason we can unite with Hashem and the other worlds can't is because we can't appreciate that connection. So they're already connected more with Hashem than we are, even when we're learning Torah. They see Hashem. Okay. Good. And therefore, if the essence of Hashem will come inside them, they'll not exist. We don't, unfortunately, see Hashem. But that ne negative quality actually allows Hashem to come much deeper in us. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Are we going to become them? Are we going to become the high, higher worlds? When Mashiach comes... No, no. The, what the, the answer is, in this, in this world we have a body, and we're going to discuss more about the body and its cover-up in the next chapter momentarily. But um, until Mashiach comes, we will not be able to appreciate <coughs> how much the essence of Hashem is in us. When Mashiach comes, we'll be aware of how Hashem is yes. in us. Yes. How could that be? That... I'll just, give you an, I'll just give you a historical fact. It's not going to be the first time. The first time that we saw what was heard and heard what was seen. In other words, the first time that we had a deeper dimension of vision was by the giving of the Torah. By the giving of the Torah, we already hear, we already learn how we, at that point we had a much greater and deeper um, understanding of Hashem. So, it is, so when Mashiach comes, we will be able to have that appreciation. With this, we're going to conclude chapter 23.